right, hey guys, this is CSA. I'm Angie. I'm Jess. And I'm Caroline. And we're here to bring you the penultimate episode of season two, episode 212, Sun and Fun. Woo woo! And the name made so much more sense after that. Because um, <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, what the hell is Sun and Fun? None of this yeah. is happening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where, where are we going with that? <laughs> Um, this particular episode is written by Lisa Randolph, who also gave us Fear Response, Internal Affairs, last year's penultimate episode, The Professionals, and Alma Mater. So she is a veteran. Ooh, yes. Yeah, a bunch of them. And the man, the myth, the legend, director Chris Grismer. Love him. So let's kick it. Let's go. Um, so I literally have a timestamp for one second, <laughs> which might be the first time I've done that all year. Yeah, um, probably is. One second, Feral Malcolm kicks ass. Like, mm-hmm. I did that whole scene was amazing because he doesn't really let go. He keeps doing the, I'm fine, I'm fine. He hides it. He tells everyone he's doing okay. And for once, we finally got to see Malcolm just lose his ever-loving shit. Mm-hmm. Much needed. And I'm sure Tom enjoyed, like, hey, we want you to demolish this set, please. And he's like, sweet. And then he just got to, like, kick stuff and throw stuff everywhere and, and do all of it. So Just take um, down a whole bookcase. Like, why not? Legitimately. And I'm sure they were added in post. But, you know, you got, like, sparks flying and all this other stuff going on. And um, it's another nice little plot device to get us to the butterscotch, which we need. Um, but just anytime male, female, whoever, someone just gives one of those like nasty arms clenched yell thing. I'm like, Ooh, emotion. (laughs) So, um, we have a possibility and I'm going to hit on this at the end, actually, that maybe the destruction of this cell is foreshadowing. We shall see given the preview for the finale. Um, I also love, and we discussed this a little bit as a group, like best case scenario, Danny was at least there for the yell and fall, if not for the entire situation. Like that's a long hallway. She has to get let in. So she at least saw the end of that breakdown or Mm -hmm. heard it. My God. Mm -hmm. How did no one come running, by the way? Okay. Okay. But we've had this issue so many times with arguments. Mr. David. (laughs) And his selective hearing. Those damn Whitleys, you know, like like it's almost a sitcom, like those Whitley. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So apparently, you know, they're just like, ah, it's Malcolm. We know it's fine. (laughs) We also get, in my opinion, at least until we see the finale, the best disheveled hair of the season in this scene. (laughs) It is prime and delicious. Evenly. Dude, like, yeah, he still has the split, which honestly, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I'm hurting for season one hair. I loved his hair in season yeah, one. Yeah, me so too. at least it's a little parted and shaggy <laughs> instead of just mm-hmm. like, yep. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. It gave me first season feels. At 126, Malcolm tries to originally claim that all of this is, I can't live like this. What if he finds me? Blah, blah, blah. And Danny immediately calls that shit out. She's like, it has nothing to do with that you don't want to lose your father. And I like that she doesn't say it condescendingly. Mm -hmm. I mean, later we get a little bit more of her true feelings on the matter, but Mm -hmm. I like that it's very much like, you're allowed to not want your dad to be dead, even Mm -hmm. though he's kind of a creepy asshole. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, again, we, we hit on this so much last episode, like the children of serial killers are allowed to love their dad and wish that he wasn't gone Mm -hmm. or in prison. 
it doesn't mean that that person is a good person. It just means that you're allowed to have that connection to them. Mm -hmm. And that's the entire core of this show. The entire show stems on the Malcolm Martin relationship. It's effects. Is it going to come back around? Is one of them going to change? Is the other going to change? Is both of them going to change? Um, and, you know, here we kind of come at the end of season two, maybe reaching full circleness at some point, um, depending on how that finale goes. I'm not going to mention that right now. I'll wait till we get to the end. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else, like, I was tracking this butterscotch. From day one, I was like, what the hell is okay. the point of the butterscotch? Is yeah. she a creep about it? Whatever. And sure enough, this episode shows us it's literally a plot device the whole time to put together that Capshaw had something to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have the butterscotch, we don't have the wrappers, we don't have any of that. And so it made more sense because I'm like, is that just a weird affectation that she has, like a monocle, but instead it's like, (laughs) I like butterscotch. Um, (laughs) And so finally I was like, and there it is. Like now it all makes sense that this butterscotch, other than being a weird sexual thing between the two of them, I don't want to talk about. (laughs) It's the antithesis to Malcolm's lollipops, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. don't cry no that's later i'll cry later but i didn't even think about the fact that like okay it's more hard candy like that just went over my head because my first thing was ooh, creepy why butterscotch that's an old person thing (laughs) all i could picture was like my grandma always having werther's original in her church purse like hey those are good (laughs) i mean those here to this day i still love them even though i'm channeling like a 90 year old woman every time i eat them (laughs) So at 2.40, I, creepy state policeman alert. Oh my god! And not even in what is happening right now, creepy state policeman <laughs> alert. Like, full on, I just wrote flirty McOo gross. Like, yeah. ew. <laughs> That's all I can think of. And then we know based on his comment, he says something like, oh, I've heard that one before. Like, do you just full on hit on every chick you pull over? You pull like, over, hey, yeah. baby, come here often. No, you pulled me over. I don't come here often. <laughs> like, he was just disgusting. And here's the thing. I am not Team Capshaw. I love the fact that CG, CZJ plays her amazingly and she's terrifying. I'm not rooting for her by any means. And even then I was like, run! Like, mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. to get away from the creep. Yeah, that was just... I think I think in Discord, I just put in all caps, ew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just also, like... Even just the innuendo of like, can I take a look at your trunk? Like, okay, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Yeah, like disgusting. Yeah, it was, and I just stay classy, cop. Like, he, <laughs> <laughs> he was the worst. So while this whole traffic stop is occurring, um, and Capshaw kind of flips the switch, like she starts turning on the charm and the. We have strong, sexy policemen like you to protect us. <laughs> Just the whole, and, but the moment she does, we have like a theme. And it's not necessarily her theme that she gets all the time, but there's very much like these kind of, at first they're real fancy, pretty strings. It's like, oh, it's the pretty lady. Like, excuse me, officer, what have I done? And then it starts just chopping off these little two notes at a time. There's like a chorus or a single person singing in the background. And it's got like this like, kind of feel undertone to it that you're like, that's how good she is. And we see another scene about that later, how she just literally goes from like, "Ah, ah," and then right back to it. Like she can Mm -hmm. flip it and it's classic creep show classic also can we just mention like how she just ca- 
casually has a syringe of some pretty hardcore painkiller or sedative chilling in her glove box. <laughs> Legitimately, it's so funny. Like, I didn't even recognize it in the second watch because like, we, by the first watch, we had seen the storage unit. And so then the second watch, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a syringe. She's got like 95 pounds yeah. in their storage. Mm, <laughs> yeah. You're right. Like, that's a weird thing. Yeah, she's just got, <laughs> yeah. like, the glove box seems pretty damn empty. She's just got a, a syringe with Except the needle that safety attached, fentanyl. Chilling, mm-hmm. in, chilling in the glove box. Like, the needle's not even separated. <laughs> Loaded you syringe. You never know when you're going to have to just stab somebody in the spine and throw them in the back of your truck. I mean, she's yeah. just ready for anything. It's just... She's like a Boy Scout of really heinous serial killers. Yes, she is. She's not a serial killer. She's an angel of mercy. Whatever. Uh, but still. Guys, we did not have a black title card. We have not had one mm-hmm. this whole season. Oh. And I ooh. thought for sure oh. we might get one. And now if we don't get one in the finale, I'm going to be a little perturbed. <laughs> because they've happened on very important episodes in Malcolm's life. Right? Like they, they happened in, what was it, Alone Time? And then mm-hmm. the finale of season one, like massive info dumps of things that happened to him. So I feel like we almost have to have one for the finale, given preview and how things look. I'm like, okay, I feel like this is going to be like a major turning point again in Malcolm's life. So if we don't get a black title card, I might be a little mid. <laughs> 437, the first words out of the title card are Malcolm at high decibels. We're having sex. We're really <laughs> I was like, whoa, calm down, killer. Yep, way to bury the lead. <laughs> and then I died when when Gil says boffing. He's like boffing a serial. That, that and JT. Yeah, TMI. TMI I've never Ross. heard that euphemism, though. Boffing. That must be something yeah. from a different re- region, because that's not something we use in the old Ohio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I chuckled. In that scene... Malcolm actually answers a question that I had in one of our, in our episode that followed 208, which is Aurora Barros. And uh, I had asked uh, after Martin was actively fantasizing in front of Malcolm, I had asked, does he know what the content the general context of that fantasy was or did he assume it was about murder and malcolm answers it that he knew that mm. he was having an erotic fantasy and i was like yeah mm. answered my question yeah. no, that doesn't happen a lot no no go unfortunately yeah. dangling into the so, abyss somewhere so mm-hmm. yeah so that was nice that the episode one, <laughs> yeah yep. the episode answered it for me so i was excited about that <laughs> So I have, at, at 526, this is the time when, like, Marshall Ruiz kind of says, you know, you're off my case, blah, blah, blah. And I'm a little frustrated with this, not just, like, Team Malcolm, because he's right in this whole episode and no one believes him. But, like, nothing about the Marshall showing up at that orchard was on him. Yeah. They all showed up based on the intel that JT got. All of the, like, everything that they showed up for was not some blind nonsense all because of Malcolm and it turned out wrong. First of all, you found a fucking fugitive. Sorry. <clears throat> you found a fugitive. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. That just came out. You found a fugitive in the orchard. So how was that bad intel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You literally got one like, yeah. who was holding a family hostage. Yeah, so that's true. Really like, they wouldn't have had... Yeah, they wouldn't have shown up. Like the fa- regardless, the family was being held hostage. So yeah. 
and they got one of the three fugitives. The other one happened to be lying dead, splattered by Ruiz on a freaking bowling yeah. alley. Like, mm-hmm. you got one out of the remaining. You're 50% at this point for the remaining living fugitives, and you're bitching like you let us up some wrong tree. And I'm like, hello? That's true. So um, at the end of this scene, once he gets kicked off, I really enjoyed just the intensity of everybody in the conference room, except for maybe JT. JT was super chill, like something, something mochaccino, and he was fine. But like, um, Gil straight smacking a table, like I've had enough of this. You got to calm down. Um, I'm absolutely here for that. I also love Danny, like just, I am scared and not like, oh, I'm scared of what's going to happen. She's like, you're scaring me. Like you're reaching mm-hmm. levels that are not okay. Um, and she says, you barely made it through the last manhunt. You're not going to make it through another one. And sure enough, by end of episode, he's involved in another manhunt. Mm-hmm. Happens to be one of the people being hunted, yep. um, or at least looked for, if you want to quantify what his relationship in that hunt would be. So there's a whole lot of foreshadowing there, like almost to the point where we should have had some like dun dun Mm -hmm. like behind what she said (laughs) so our next scene at 735 is um we finally get the awesome camera shot like panning up the hill into this gorgeous mansion house that we know is nowhere near water nicely done tricky Mm -hmm. mix set design but um it it was actually surrounded by woods and nowhere near a lake or an ocean or anything else like that but um we hear a song. So we have a classical song playing on the, literally like on record, um, while Vivian Capshaw, now the world's creepiest chica. <laughs> um, and it happens to be, so she mentions the name. She mentions Oh Rachmaninoff, who is a, a famous Russian composer. Um, me being who I am, I have the exact label. Um, <clears throat> let me take a breath. Symphony number no. two in E minor, opus 27, number three, Adagio. That's the name of what's playing on the record. Okay, Angie. Because, you know, Moonlight Sonata or something simple was just way too much. We had to give it, like, full-on Dewey Decimal System numbers and and get it all the way through. I mean, maybe if you write so many, you know, one, two, three, four is just not as fun as it used to be. Let's title this Um, song with, like, every description of uh, yeah and it has like every subset that you would put in a symphony yeah like symphony number opus number and then category number with under that because once you the symphony number and the opus number are numeric and then the category numbers are always like roman numeral like iii iv ivii like all those and i'm like okay you literally just went down to every possible category you could to label this damn thing whatever make you feel special there rachmaninoff (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I mean, it is beautiful. I had I have heard this before because I'm a super nerd and I have a lot of classical music around. Um, this particular section, the entire thing is like, I wanted to say it was like two and a half hours if you played the entire symphony with like every subset going on. So it would be something that like oh. an orchestra would sit down and play for one concert. Like that whole thing is one giant concert. You can listen to subsets in like four and five minute sketches like what this was. Um, so the beginning of the melody is like kind of super uplifting and cheery and it, mm-hmm. it's a nice contrast to the reality of her just being psycho mcpsycho the whole time talking about like this is going to be great while well, he's paralyzed and can't move and all that fun stuff um there's a really cool build-up though that we kind of sort of get to it and then it gets cut off unfortunately um there's like a nice little climax 
that ends in C major and C major for music nerds is very much kind of it's almost a bland chord it is the middle C is like your middle chord on the piano it's a major chord so they don't always feel as rich as the minor chords which I mentioned before like the black keys on a piano but like C major is literally like it's like playing a recorder yeah you don't get a lot of cool extra stuff out of it it's like the bare basics you could ever hit and that intensity kind of matches then the creepy like it starts off really pretty and it starts off really fancy and then by the time you get to this crescendo it's just like <laughs> it's kind of literally what's going on could you even hear that sound i didn't think about the fact that this it, it, off it bleeped out but it's fine yeah that's okay Britt <laughs> can give me some amazing like dolphin sound effect or something i don't know just to make it hilarious <laughs> i always forget that this thing cuts off my sound effect um but anyway, yeah, so it starts off really contrasting Capshaw, and then by the end of it, it's like, oh, okay, this is matching her perfectly. I really do like the dress she had on. I know yes. that's kind of a weird thing to I say, was, but okay. it was super cute. Okay, but I was literally just about to say that when you paused. I was like, I looked down at my notes, we and I was like- We all just did the girliest yes. thing ever. Yes! Yeah, we're all sitting here, like, straight face, and then I'm like, dress, dress! Yes. Yeah, it was beautiful! Yes. <laughs> I am not, you know, not 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 a girly girl, but like I I I wrote like in my notes, full stop on the creepy. Her dress is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: Catherine Zeta is a a gore. Like I just all I picture is her from Zorro. Like I mean, she was the epitome and still is by all means a gorgeous woman. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that just it, the coloring worked with her dark hair and her eye color. It was just a very nice combo well done wardrobe on that part it was very yes. cool and it kind mm -hmm. of had that like cotton summer thing feel yes. to be by the water too mm -hmm. which was kind mm -hmm. of cool which is a complete contrast to later when chick is in like leather pants and black and like yeah. boots and you know let's just be yeah full-on mm -hmm. psycho at 904 i feel like i've done this the last six episodes but i'm gonna keep doing it i call bullshit on the whole backstory on how martin got inside that house yeah. Like we talked about it last episode. I want to know how the hell she got out of the infirmary that fast. I really do. I want to know how she, I, okay, she snuck up on him and stabbed him with a needle. Fine, I'll give you that. That can absolutely happen. He fell to the ground. She picked his dead weight up and put him into the trunk, question number one, and didn't have like a full on pull her back out scenario. Didn't get caught by any cameras that undoubtedly are pointed at the freaking parking lot of the psychiatric facility yeah then not only did that happen she dragged his ass in from outside that loop-de-loop -loop driveway too mm -hmm. into the mansion and sat him up in a wheelchair no she didn't and got him dressed no, in a nice suit. she didn't <laughs> and, yeah, and dressed him in the gorgeous suit so he looked mm -hmm. fancy like... did his hair made sure she got that you know lattice, whatever it was in there but I'm just like, no, she didn't. I said she would have to have the most elaborate system of pulleys inside her house <laughs> to be able to do that. Like, it would look like backstage at Broadway, like, for all of this to work. So yeah. no. mm -hmm. I call no on all of it. Not buying it whatsoever. Um, and I think, Carol, was it you that had something to hit on this tap? The oh. spinal thingy she does? Oh, it was Jess. Jess. I'm sorry, Jess. Yeah, yeah. that's Jess. Go ahead. Yeah. So she mentions... Uh, Martin goes to move like in the wheelchair and she was like uh don't do that you know you don't want to hurt yourself so she mentions that you that she used a spinal block on him and she says that she used lidocaine so one of the things about 
lidocaine is, yes, it's a, a numbing agent. It's a commonly used one. It can be injected or uh, used topically, but it's it's not a super powerful one in terms of the fact that it, it sets on fast and really only has a very good working time about about an hour or two. Some people, if they're lucky, you know, I mean, it, everybody's bodies function differently, but some people are lucky. They can get closer to like three hours with it. I used it in the strongest over-the-counter form you can, which I believe is like 5% for my tattoos. One of them, it didn't work at all. The other one, it actually worked quite well. So, uh, but it does have a, you know, it's common and it does have a, a short time. So I was just like, mm. so you stabbed him with something and then gave him a nerve block. When did you do that? Because if you did that the night before, like, it ain't lasting to where you are now. And That's the thing, right? Like we're it's it's sunny. Like yeah. so we have she was being pulled over by the cop in the dark. So the dark. how long was he under? Yeah. What was going on there? Did she go like rest up and like ice her legs before she got him out of the trunk? Like Yeah. And I, I don't I'm know really how many times you can do a nerve block in a row in the same spot or to the same limb or to the same area kind of thing. I can tell you, yeah. I got two epidurals, one right after the other when the I was about to say during labor. Oh boy. And they still only took to one side. So my ah. left side was double numb and my right mm -hmm. side felt the whole thing. Thanks, honey. Oh, oh boy. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So oh we see okay. that he can use his legs, but it's a struggle. So I was just like, mm, how long have you been, uh, how long ago did you give that to him? Because that ain't going to last all day. And at this point, <laughs> he is not like strapped into the wheelchair like he is later. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. there. He's not like cuffed into it or anything. Mm -hmm. um at 9 40 at the end of this when she like does the kind of like behind the back oh it's gonna be amazing we're gonna be so happy they deliberately distort the symphony that's playing in the background the Rachmaninoff and they mm -hmm. it, like literally like twist it and grind yes. it like it goes sharp it goes flat it goes so sharp cool. it goes flat and it's just really cool way to literally represent her mental state mm -hmm. with all of it it's I love when they do stuff like that and just kind of play it slightly off enough that you're like uncomfortable ears no thank you and it, mm -hmm. it plays well I love that dissonance. I called it like melting. Yeah. Just like a That's visual a of like, of just like something, you know, just swirling together. Yeah. It reminds me of um, in the trip when Mac the knife gets really distorted as Malcolm starts to, yeah, yeah, Angie. I knew you'd notice that. Cause that, yeah, I believe that was the song that was playing when it got all distorted. Yeah. Mac yeah. Knife, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wrote a big old like giant ass paragraph about mm -hmm. all the lyrics related oh, to yeah. it and everything. But yeah, mm -hmm. then by the time he starts hallucinating, it's like yes. just falls. Yes, ma'am, you are correct. Mm -hmm. uh, At thirteen oh five, we meet Zyger, who is apparently a previous patient of Capshaw with a house. I want. Yeah, like that whole room he was in was like what in the like it has a ramp and a staircase. I'm like, what is this? Like a castle? Anyway, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Caroline has some stuff to tell us about that. So go, Caro. Yeah. So um, as a speech language pathologist, um, we, I mean, Ainsley and Malcolm come in and they, you know, point out, his assistant points out that he has a, a high level cervical spinal cord injury. Um, and Ainsley's like, can you talk? And then of course he starts talking and does this, you know, whatever. Um, I was very confused for the entirety of <laughs> this situation I was like oh mm, mm. I would like to preface this I don't work with this population but I have a friend who does and so we consulted we just talked on the phone earlier today because we were like what the hell was that 
Um, so he had a tracheostomy tube, which means he had a hole um, at the base of his neck that is basically used as a replacement airway. Um, there's a whole lot of complicated mess that we can get into on this, but basically whenever you create a different airway, you have to think about what caused, like, why do you need to do that? Why can't you just breathe through your mouth? Um, and in his case, it could be a whole bunch of different things. He could have had paralysis. Your, if your vocal folds are shut, like your vocal folds are at the top of your airway, there's no air coming in through your mouth down to your lungs. So that would necessitate it. Um, but there's a whole bunch of reasons, reasons um, but rarely do we see it. It seems like he's been like this for a long time. And we don't normally, the whole point usually when we put you on a tracheostomy um, and when you, we give you a trach tube is to hopefully wean you off of it because we want the normal airway. Um, some people have it for long term and have it permanently, but we try not to do that. So it just made me think like what, how much research did they do into this? I don't, I don't, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. And I mean, uh, based on those trinkets, it has been years. Like if he, if she did that every year on the anniversary, there was multiple, yes. multiple ones of those. Yeah. Yeah. And for some people that is the case and they'll have it for the rest of their lives, but I don't, the other thing about that, like I said before, if you're creating an airway right here, there has to be a reason. And usually it's because, you know, there's some sort of blockage or like people who have head and neck cancer, if that gets to your vocal folds, they take it out and then you have to have that airway right there. But this guy also had a nasal cannula, which means mm -hmm. he had air coming in through his nose. I don't know if anybody knows this, but your nose and your mouth, they're both connected to your airway. That's the same tube. <laughs> so <laughs> my friend was like, so what is, you know, is the air just like going right out? I was, I likened it to, it's like turning on an air conditioner and then opening up the door. The air just goes right, right back out. <laughs> I was like, what is the point of this? Um, and so it's also- TV hospital stuff. It's called, yeah, on it's to make him look super invalid, you know, like, yes, it's called, we don't do SLP on television. Thanks. Um, <laughs> the other thing was that when Ainsley's like, can he talk the, the nurse comes over and she like clicks this thing in and it makes this like rocket ship noise. And I was like, that is, <laughs> I asked my friend, I was like, happened? I asked my friend, I was like, have you ever heard that? And she was like, not that I've seen. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure no. Um, <laughs> usually, usually, especially when he had that cervical spinal cord injury, you're on a ventilator and the ventilator could connect to that tube. There was nothing connected to that trach. I looked, there was nothing. It was just hanging out there. And I did not see this nurse take anything off or put anything Yeah, on. like, did she touch a magic button? Like, talk, flip. Like, I was like, I I mean maybe it was just really hard to see, but I didn't see nothing, and I rewatched that God knows how many times. So right. I got questions because I'm usually right. usually what they do is they put one of these in. This is a picture of what's called a passimura valve, um, and this is a special kind of valve that you can put in the trach to allow a person to talk. Um, yeah. It kind of it it does things with the airflow to allow you to talk, or you can cap it. You can literally cap up the trach so then you talk normally. Neither of those things happen in this situation. But the monitors all start going crazy and they're like, 
you know, the nurse is like, you need to leave. And it's like, well, no, duh, he's losing all this air. He's going to die. Like, <laughs> no, duh. God, but yeah. Thanks for I that, just, TV doctors. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. And also it showed on his stats, like his, at least from what I could see, his oxygen looked really good. The only thing that jumped was his heart rate. So I'm like, you know, at least when I'm assessing some person, like if their oxygen starts, you know, draining, I'm like, ooh, but he, his oxygen was fine. So right. whatever. I'm just going to leave. Yeah, we uh, made a lot of noises and it sounded official. That's exactly what it is. Whatever. So immediately following that, at 1531, um, we have a quote that kind of, it made me feel torn, where Capshaw says, people take comfort in confining women to their expected roles. And the reason I felt torn is because I almost stood up and slow clapped. Mm -hmm. I was like, hell yeah, they do. She's not wrong. Wait, it's Capshaw. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) I had to think. I'm just, yeah. Oh, wait, no, I think you. Stop. But that's, God, what a true statement. Yeah. What a true statement. And she hits on things that are similar to this, like the thing later where she says, you know, like men are more comfortable when they're, you know, they feel superior to their sexual partners and this and that. And I'm just like, yep, yep, yep. And then I'm like, but I don't want to agree with you. Stop being insightful. You're gross. You're gross. (laughs) You're nasty. And honestly, this is exactly why no one believes Malcolm's theory. Yeah. Yeah. Literally because of that. And later, Gil even says the phrase, what are the odds? Um, She's got him, Martin, held captive, or he's chopping up the pretty doctor right now. Like, he even threw the Mm -hmm. phrase pretty in front of the doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they were literally like, she's a female. There's no way. And I get it because physically there's no way, but we're going to move on that. <laughs> we're going to keep going. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, there was like a little mini arcing theme throughout that really hit. And even like our own people we love kind of fell into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely adored the full on horror film screechy stuff as Martin is trying to, you know, crawl his way to the phone and she's watching. And so, I mean, it was so classic. So classic, like re, re, like it was almost psycho at this point, oh, yeah. you know, like we almost mm-hmm. have the full on like rah, 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 the mm-hmm. whole time. Yep. Um, and that at 1709, who does he call? Hmm. Jesse. Jesse. Jesse, have you ever gone by Jesse ever? Oh, no, I hate it. I hate I'm it. not calling I you that after the show. I, the only I person, like, nope. I've only ever let one person, maybe two people ever call me that. And it's just because they were like grandparents and I didn't have the, somebody else's grandparents and I didn't have the heart to correct them. So it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I hate that. Jess mm-hmm. or Jessica, that's it. Do not call All me Jessica. All the Jessie. time I've known you, you've never said a thing about it or anyone calling you that. <laughs> yeah, so none of like, you guys are trying. people. Yeah. She's one of the anti-Jessies. I feel yeah, you. None I of you guys have tried to call me that, so I haven't been like, uh-uh. I've had people ask me, and I'm like, you can call me whatever the hell you please. Just please don't call me Jesse. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> At 18.05, um, so Capshaw has gotten on the phone with Jess, and she's kind of talking about all this stuff. And I'll be, I'm going to say what's probably an unpopular opinion. I'm 100% with Jess on her decision. Yeah. I really am. And so here's my argument. Now, again, I'm not anti-Martin. I'm anti-him as the creepy serial killer. Love the character Mm -hmm. in in terms of our show. But I just, as a mother, thinking about if my son was falling apart, my family's doing all this, Mm -hmm. like, this is a chance for Martin to disappear, 
without one of them pulling the trigger. Yep. This is a chance for her to know, even though other people might not know, he's gone. He's been handled. She doesn't have to wonder anymore. And all she has to do is just not alert the authorities. Yeah. That's it. That's all she has to do. And given everything that's happened, given the fact that he's escaped again and all the stuff that's going on with the fact that he's screwing with Ainsley now, I don't know that I would have made a different decision. I'm with her. I'm kind yeah. of with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I can't say anything. A, I hate Martin. I just, yeah. uh, as a mother, I'd make that same decision. Yeah. I mean, I can't say anything from a mother's decision, but I, I, I mean, I guess I, I get it. But I, I also do see how she, in that moment, she's still torn too. Because her first reaction, she says to her, is you can't do this. And then when, you know, when uh, Capshaw lays it out. Yeah, Yeah. so Capshaw lays it out and then she's just like, okay. Wait, maybe you can. (laughs) Walks away Mm -hmm. from the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also cracks me up that they still have some form of a landline in that house. Like... We're, I, I don't even have time to go through that today, but still, uh, it works, whatever. Um, so before I let you guys hit the med side of some of this stuff, um, so we have, Martin has been full on strapped, a la Malcolm at night, to a bed. Um, and before we get to like the cocktail of shenanigans she likes to play, I just want to shout out Catherine Zeta-Jones because... Her acting, first of all, in this whole episode was amazing. Mm -hmm. But specifically, the fact that this woman delivers so many lines while pretty crying. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, there are times where she's just talking to him about, like, the different syringes, and there are just tears falling. And I love it because it's not tears of sadness. Yep. Like, she is happy. Like, in my opinion, those moments when she's just, pick one, come on, let me show you what I can do. Like, Mm -hmm. she is finally like, I'm going to prove to the man I love that I'm as good as him and he's going to be so proud of me and it's going to be amazing. And like, she is just like, this is the best day ever. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, that's amazing. That's really amazing and creepy, disgusting, but amazing. Extremely. Before I move into your stuff, there is this little theme that plays once the little, when she's talking about, you know, like, his heart stopping after some things have occurred um she talks about like you can feel your heart stopping blah 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 and there's a little theme that starts off very similar to the Rachmaninoff um and then it absolutely switches over um when she does her little heel up and I'm so excited <laughs> on the bed like isn't this perfect oh <laughs> like, <my gosh>. like, <laughs> he's over there going no beat no heart, mm-hmm, no heart. Mm-hmm. um so that was a cool little theme so um Explain to us what the heck is going on with these little cocktails of syringes, because I only knew one. I was like, oh, fentanyl, because I live in Ohio, and fentanyl has taken over the damn state. So I know all about fentanyl. Like, we have ODs constantly from fentanyl. Um, Other stuff, though. Tell me about some other things. What do we got? Yeah, so... I mean, God, it's like she just pulled out all the stops here. I was like, oh, my God, what don't you have on you? Uh, (laughs) We haven't even gotten to the storage unit literally so right so she has adenosine she has i'm gonna mess up the pronunciation of this rivetril um and fentanyl um 
again, I'm not a medical doctor, but what I was able to find is that adenosine basically slows your heart down, which we saw exactly what happened to Martin. Um, Rivertril, it looks like it actually is kind of like chemically the same thing as um, clonazepam or clonopin, which is a common um, anti-anxiety oh, drug. Oh, stuff that doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or at which, least in low doses. <laughs> yeah, which for some people, it's like used to treat panic attacks. And I think of panic attacks and I think of like my heart speeding up and everything. And I guess in some cases it does slow everything down, but it can also speed things up. So my guess is maybe that was like her adenosine was like a, I don't even want to use this term, but like a downer versus an upper kind of like right. pull him back and forth. Layman's terms. That, I mean, that's a great, that's a good way to describe yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was, that's my guess. But honestly, I, knowing her, I don't even want to know <laughs> what she was planning to do at the end of the day with this okay. combination. Um, and then fentanyl, which would slow everything down again. The whole time that this was happening, I couldn't stop thinking about um, who she reminds me of, who is um, Jane Toppin, who was a nurse, nurse in the ratchet. <laughs> oh, is that who she was based on? Oh, uh, yes. well, that's, oh. That's not something to I'm being serious. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, I just, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, so then maybe people do know her. I, I know her from a serial killer standpoint, obviously, because I'm <laughs> a millennial. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was also known as Jolly Jane. She was someone who basically did what Capshaw did, was she sort of like sedated patients to pull them back down and then brought them back from the brink of death. And we'll get into more of that later when Malcolm talks about the angel of death stuff. But I couldn't, help but think that you know this is happening in a tv show but to have like a nurse or a doctor actually doing this to an actual person is absolutely freaking terrifying mm -hmm. so and there's been a quite a few of them like oh, yeah. yikes yeah no i just i was reading an article that was talking about nurses as serial killers and how there's a high population of them today like in modern times <laughs> People just admitting, like, yeah, I've killed 12 people just the hell of it. Like, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. so, they seem the least likely one to do it. Exactly. So, because like Vivian said, like, we just in tend a position, to. A position of trust. Yes, exactly. Are the people exactly. you never expect, mm -hmm. yeah. And a woman, too. Like, you just want yeah. Yeah, generally. Women are serial killers. They can't do that, says Capshaw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Eileen War knows who, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, she just does all sorts of crazy, oh, terrifying yeah. stuff. And our one of our uh, EPs, Carrie, also mentioned that she injects this drug, um, not intramuscularly, at least we don't think, but intraosteularly, I think mm -hmm. that's how I'm pronouncing it. So Which literally made me want to vomit later. Oh, I was just like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. I, I was like, oh, that's cool. You can do that. It basically just goes in through the bone marrow. It goes in faster. Yeah, quicker access to be absorbed, which I guess is the minute like, we have power tools connecting the humans, I tap out. <laughs> no, uh, but I think it's absolutely fascinating. So this is why we work. I mean, here's the thing: like <laughs> logistically, I'm like, okay, that's crazy that you do that. I ain't trying to look at it, even if it's mm. fake for TV. But I, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> at, um, <laughs> At 21.47, we have the team in the conference room. Malcolm is pleading his case. Um, coincidentally, he's begging for them to listen to the profile that is dead on. Mm -hmm. Like, absolute perfection. Um, 
at this point, he has fully switched from calling him Dr. Whitley or the surgeon or anything else. And it's full on Martin and my father the whole time. Yeah. In an interview um, with the Surgeon Files podcast that I'm totally going to shamelessly steal a quote from, um, Tom says that he even got so into character with that struggle that at one point during filming, he called himself Malcolm Whitley instead of Malcolm Bright. And the director uh, had yeah. to cut and say, mm. no, you're bright. Yeah. And he went, oh, shit. <laughs> like, so he got like so into being like, that's my dad. I'm Malcolm. Am I Malcolm Bright? Am I Malcolm Whitley? That he misspoke. And they went, no, no. Mm. <laughs> nope. Uh-huh. That's not what we're saying right now. Um, yeah. So it was kind of cool to see that like he's so dedicated and into that that he full yes. on like flubbed lines in the name of, of getting it right. So um, during this profile, he he throws some labels out that if you've watched any other kind of like crime drama show or any true crime stuff, it's going to sound super familiar. I think Criminal Minds use this like every other episode <laughs> half the time. Um, so Kara, give, Caro, give us the rundown. What do we got? Yeah, so he says that she has something called malignant hero syndrome, which I, in all of my researching, I wasn't able to find. So that's interesting if you guys have heard that on Criminal Minds. I've never heard it called that. I've heard the other term. Yes, yeah. What she says is a is a subset of the like angel of mercy or angel of death Um Trope, which, which is, is that also like the hero homicide thingy that I've heard before too. I have not heard that term, but I, I believe that it, it okay, exists. I'm assuming that's all probably. in the same wheelhouse, probably. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, which again ties into how I thought that um Capture was very much like Jane Toppin, who literally was like doing things like bringing people to the brink of death and then pulling them back up again. And she later, once they because obviously they imprisoned this woman or else we never would have known that she did this. She said that she kind of like wanted to get the recognition for it, but also kind of got off from it, which I just know in Capshaw, I don't even want to think about it. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's most serial killers MO. No, like, that's, almost yeah. Almost all of them. It's like, this is how I get my fun time. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and Capshaw even mentions swallowing bile. Yeah, yeah Capshaw mm-hmm. even mentioned something regarding that, like more towards the end too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. nasty. Um, but yeah, just taking recognition from it. It also reminded me of um, another actual real life case. If anyone's listened to the podcast Doctor Death about neurosurgeon. I feel like I listened to that, or at least a piece of it. Yeah, oh, it's it's really popular. A lot of people have. It's about uh, a former doctor named Christopher Dunch, who was a neurosurgeon, yes. Um, yes. who <laughs> had a whole hero complex, but yep. destroyed lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like Capshaw, he resigned in order to not get reported which is exactly what Capshaw did and what Gil points out. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you, you know, this doesn't make sense. And Malcolm's like, it's no, literally actually, correct. Like it that is literally is, the exact thing that happened. That is exactly what happens all the time. And a lot of people yeah. don't know this, which is terrifying. This happens in my profession too. Unfortunately, yeah. a couple of years ago where I work, we had someone get accused of something with a student and the option was resign or we're going to investigate you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you've seen, yeah, the documentary. Now I think that it's being like, said, it was like some text messages and like not something that was far enough that it absolutely should have been like police, resi- you know, investigation. They would have reported it if it was like that, but it was enough to be misconduct. Yeah. 
and be like, listen, you have crossed the line. Do you want us to report this? If not, you need to step back and say you're wow. leaving willingly. And so mm -hmm. that's how that went down. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens so, to... Um, in a lot of professions. Sorry. I feel like yeah. it's in a lot of, oh, yeah. lot of professions. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, happens to priests. Do you want to say to to resign or do you want us to fire you and that be yeah. on your permanent record? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So disgusting. because I'm me, the address on the paper for the storage unit oh my God. happens to be 852 Rolling Way, Peekskill, New York, which is not shocking a storage unit it's an, it's a it's an apartment complex like oh. suburban apartment complex not like in a downtown like so like a whole bunch around some roads and you can actually street view through the complex if you wanted to um so i'm really interested in like if that's important to the writers or someone on the set design or something like that was their first apartment or you know yeah. i don't know something like grandma lives there i don't know something like that um, yeah because it's a real address so. but it's completely random yeah, and it's it's absolutely like six or seven apartment buildings with like a couple circle clover shaped drives and stuff around them. So I was like, hmm, that must be important to someone. In that same wheelhouse at 2321, I had to literally listen to this with subtitles on because I could not figure out what the hell Danny says. When Gil says, do you really think this is true? And she says, I think it's a peaceful drive up the sawmill which is a parkway like it's a highway mm -hmm. i i heard sawmill and i could not figure out what she was saying i'm like is this like a a phrase like an idiot i've never yeah, heard of like, yeah. what does mm -hmm. it mean and then by the time i drive up and i was like oh and then i research it's a north and southbound highway so they're talking about the distance malcolm claims it's only an hour away wrong it's an hour and a half malcolm you liar <laughs> But he was playing the short game to try to get people to go with him, so he mm -hmm. didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, so Danny goes full knowing, like, listen, this is probably gonna be nothing, but maybe it'll just shut him up and we'll calm him down. And you know, she's <laughs> pacifying him at this point. Um, and because, to be honest, it's a lead. Like that's good police work. Like, look, we have this lead. Let's let's just squash it and figure out if it's anything or not. I'll go. I'll talk to him in the car. You know, that kind of thing. Like she's kind of appeasing him a little bit um and that leads us to since we already hit on bone marrow injections mm -hmm. the storage unit <laughs> let's take a minute <laughs> okay i'm good i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> um so again before i get to the goodness i have some technical <laughs> stuff let's let's talk about that um first of all i call complete and absolute bullshit number two that you are creating a storage unit and you put a light on the wall behind a shelf would not the shelf get things stacked on it this light was strategically placed to secretly kill all of brightwell nation while it shined through the damn piss the whole time we're gonna give it to him but we're gonna foobar any chances of gif in video <laughs> oh my goodness so look at andy if y'all can see what is going on those of you who only listen to the audio you are missing i did my nefarious hands like yeah ah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah like so no i'm like this is storage unit there's a shelf right there i know we'll put a light behind of the shelf so they can't use the storage thing for storage whatsoever nope stupid hate it that angry <laughs> very bitter um i did notice and i was super proud of this as well that on the shelf there happens to be a plastic bin that says property of claremont psychiatric facility do not remove from premises 
And there's a little sticker with extra handwriting on it that says applications slash referrals on this box that she's keeping in a storage unit for um, purposes. Something illegal. Is that even what's really in the box? Who knows? But yeah. clearly she's a... Uh, She's bringing home some stuff that's not exactly HIPAA friendly, if you will. Like she, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. stuff should not be in her personal yeah. um, storage unit whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has an entire Walgreens, CVS, whatever your local pharmacy term would be, in that freaking <laughs> unit. She yep. just shelves and drawers and vials, syringes. Oh my! Like it's like the whole thing. And I'm sorry, maybe I'm wrong. I have a physician's assistant. I have a doctor in my family. Under no circumstance should a doctor have that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not no. that amount. Like, mm-hmm. I could see having, like, a couple, but, like, fentanyl. There's no reason for a doctor to have vials full of fentanyl for no reason yep. whatsoever. Nope. Like, not a thing. All of the benzos and beta blockers and opiate. Like, no, you don't. You don't have those things just because you're a doctor. And I, I was a little annoyed with Danny at that point. But, like, yeah. oh, she's a doctor. Like, no, Danny. None of the like this is like drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. Call freaking what is it? ATF? Something like what? Something is going on here. It's not normal, regardless, one way or another. This is not normal for the doctor to have that kind of stuff. No, and, and yeah, it just it it doesn't phase her. Like Danny, right? Like, and I get has that, a history with drugs. Yeah, and is a cop. Like, homegirl, homegirl has experience with yeah. these things, and she's like, it's oh, this is normal. Uh uh-uh. Yeah. It's not like she's hoarding OTC meds. These yeah, aren't the ones you like just walk in and grab off the shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we have what is many of our favorite lines um, from this whole episode where she basically says, look, I brought you down here to shut you up. I showed you some respect. Show me some respect. And literally, he just, with again, without thinking, just, Danny, I respect you. Like, duh. Like, <laughs> like the, the way he says it, again, is like we said before, Grass is green, sky is blue, Danny's beautiful. I respect you. Mm-hmm. Like, duh. Yep. Like, of course <laughs> yeah. I respect you. Um, and it, again, I know we've all said, like, it's just, it's a good line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's all just coo for 10 minutes. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the good part yet. <laughs> um, so we did have a little season one production flashback that I enjoyed as Malcolm kind of starts to get frustrated. Like, none of you care. You don't care if he lives or dies he's silhouetted again and this is the first time in a long time that he's been silhouetted while in peril and as opposed to while he hides something from someone he's in like emotional distress he's talking about all this stuff none of you care blah 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 and they do that and that made me very happy (laughs) and then we have our brightwell theme kick in out of nowhere look at that nathaniel bloom drink more tea with friends And I found, I didn't even find this until today. I had my write-up completely done and I lost my crap in Discord with you guys. Um, At 26.04, Malcolm is kind of basically saying like, I've been right before, I'm right on this. And as soon as he says that line, there's a note that plays and it's held for a while. It's like kind of a string synthetic blend note, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it is literally to the octave, the exact same note that opens um, the Don't Let It Get To You reprise from Headcase. To the point where when it played, I was writing something and I finished the piano notes from like Ross in my head. <laughs> like a do, 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 do. And I'm like, oh wait, no, that's not the song. And I was like, oh my God. And so I went back and realized it. And it may be completely coincidental, whatever. It was just the note that needed to play at that point. But I just went, 
<laughs> that happens to be the song that plays when he wakes from his coma dream thingy and he sees Danny for the first time and realizes like, don't oh, make man, me cry, don't make me cry. Can't do this. Nope, nope. I'm good, breathe, breathe. Um, so yes, that was, that was a very cool thing. I appreciated it. Whether it was Anything intentional or not. It's going to be out there it, killing me. Yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't, so well. I caught it and it hit me right in the feel sack. For it sure. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's <God>. creepy. <laughs> Leave it in, Brett. Leave it in. That's creepy. Oh my gosh. God. <laughs> you know, sometimes my mouth goes faster than my brain. I got a little mm. bright in me on occasion. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what would Fry say to that? <laughs> I don't even, we're not even going to unpack uh-uh. that. We're not uh-huh. going there at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the first time, Malcolm kind of says to Danny in this scene, like, you don't care. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even angry. It was just, no one cares. Like, why do you, yeah. no one cares but me. Um, and I like that she in turn is kind of honest. Yeah. She doesn't lie and go, I care. I want him to live. Like, she really doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't want Malcolm to be in pain and be mm-hmm. hurt over it. But she doesn't lie. And I love yeah. that she does not lie to him in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, if we're going to be open, let's be open. And she kind of straight up says, okay, so what if he dies? Yep. Mm-hmm. And she throws the whole converse reality of you could be free. You could have a life, comma, unspoken with me. Comma. Yeah. <laughs> takes takes his hand. And I'm like, hmm, I see you. I mean, come on. Like, literally, the sentence. Yes. And they're staring at each other. That sentence is right there hanging in the balance. The comma mm-hmm. and the dangling participle on the end of it yep. is mm-hmm. absolutely in the air between the two of them at that moment. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Then we have the heartbeats in the music, of course, because it's getting all deep. And yep. finally, it's canon! <laughs> A legit one! It <laughs> <laughs> huh? Do the Elmo burning thing. Like, <laughs> we finally get a kiss, and I'll be truthful. We talked about this too from the preview. I thought we were getting a little head case, smoochy smooch, and then maybe like, ooh, oh no, we kissed. That's awkward. We got full on attack face, like mm-hmm. it happened. Gasping for air gave me feels. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and there's a musicless version of this run around the internet where all yes. you hear are the sounds of the humans <laughs> and I needed like a cold compress at the end of it I was like holy Jesus okay yes. mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. but yeah so I mean this is 32 episodes of will they won't they this is 32 episodes of a building friendship that may mm-hmm. be more all that kind of stuff and then Gil calls the only time I will say this fucking Gil (laughs) I don't say this frequently I love Gil he does almost no wrong but damn it dad you're cock blocking your kids I know (sighs) do you want grandkids or not (laughs) thank you oh my god that stuff going around Twitter today I was cracking up I mean that's what I was thinking was that Rosie that said it the like Nine minutes later, you have a grandbaby. Yeah, exactly. I was laughing so mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if he just had um, waited a little bit longer. <laughs> so Malcolm's face, I paused it there and just stared for like 15 minutes as she pulls away is like, don't go. Like yeah. it was just, his hands are still out yeah. holding mm-hmm. her phantom head right there. And it's like, no, like, he, like mm-hmm. he's leaning in. He doesn't want her. And I just went, oh, my heart. <laughs> no, buddy. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> and of course, everyone's like, if he hadn't have called, it would have. I, I don't know how far things would have gone. They would have had a little bit longer intense kissy kiss for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn it, Dad. Danny, <laughs> Danny's kind of like shock face. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's like a, I've made a mistake, but it's yeah. like, oh my God, that just happened. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, wow. Like we have crossed a line yeah. mm-hmm. and probably a little bit of okay that was better than i thought you know like, well, like exactly like, yeah like, he's pretty good <laughs> yeah yep. like mm-hmm. okay he, he he's good at that all right mm-hmm. let's see mm-hmm. um but of course she's like oh my god gil's calling i just kissed bright holy shit like you know she's very much like i need to take a minute and decompress all of this information yeah she's a little <laughs> and frantic. i love i absolutely love i wrote what did i write oh my god look adults adulting about relationships because she says let me take this phone call. I'll come back and we can talk. And I'm like, yes. oh my God, thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. Instead mm-hmm. of like, let's kiss and run away and not talk about it for six episodes or do any of those tropes that people like to do. Healthy yeah. um, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. So just like the fact that they're actually having an adult approach where she's like, let's come back and discuss these events and not pretend like they didn't just happen. I loved it. I loved it. Of course, bright is bright and that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But she tried at least. Mm-hmm to do that okay how the hell does danny not hear any of this going on she did not have that much time to get that far down the road whatever i'm assuming she didn't really like she's doing like me like she's pacing while she talks somewhere away from bright she didn't like exit the whole building just to take a phone call so i don't understand how there's no way she doesn't hear this she doesn't hear the clomping heels bright running he yells like who's there hey like 12 times and she just doesn't hear any of that and then is like bright <laughs> at the end i'm like guys it's an indoor area that echoes like her heels were echoing down yes. six rows of this freaking unit mm-hmm. it is what it is i adore how they use the automatic lights as breadcrumbs oh yeah through mm-hmm. this scene no way oh, how that would really yeah. work like they would never go on and off that fast. Automated lights have like 10 minute timers and things yeah. like that. Like that's not going to happen, but it is an absolutely gorgeous way where she runs and then like 40 feet behind her, it's like light off, light off, light off, light off. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally breadcrumbs. Like he's trying to, to catch up with her and the lights help him do that. And it's really cool. Yeah. It's often a, it's a horror movie trope too, that I've seen mm-hmm. in a lot of movies, like in, in hospitals. And they do it. Yep. Sorry. And they do it in head case. Yeah. In head case, the lights when he's um, by the elevator and he's realizing everything that's going on and he realizes who the killer is, the lights in that hallway mm-hmm. do the same one, two, three, one, two, oh, three. And then when yeah. he shoots and he doesn't wake up, the lights are doing this flicker. And there's a lot of, you know, head case comparisons, especially in the Brightwell department here. So yeah. I, I really like that. I thought that was neat. I want to know how the hell Capshaw actually got the meds. Does she get them before and then just hang out and wait for them to bone in the storage unit like and not leave? I'm so confused. Because she has She's... meds like mission accomplished. At no point was she behind Bright and got time to go back in there. Whatever. I wonder uh, if she's feel... helping. Swiss cheese I... plot hole. <laughs> Swiss cheese, yeah. I feel like she, I mean, because that was not a 
injectable drug that she had she had you know a pill i feel like she just had that on her because like hello let's be honest like i said at the beginning of the episode she's got a syringe casually rolling around in a glove box but she literally claims that the whole reason she's at the storage unit to get busted and anyway it was like oh i needed to get supplies and i'm like well that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking is like she had that on her but she was showing up to grab some of the other stuff and didn't get to it didn't get to it before um before malcolm and danny got in there yeah, and I, I mean, if anything, maybe she heard them. She's like, maybe they'll bone, and I can just get out of here. I'm not- <laughs> yeah. Or maybe this is something else she enjoys. Like, maybe I'll watch. And then oh like, oh no! Oh, oh no! It's no. Capshaw. I would not put Spectre. it past her. Homegirl uh, no. is uh, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Mm. At twenty nine, twenty nine, naturally, Malcolm just surrenders himself, chomps on some pills, and jumps in the back of a oh, trunk because he's oh, Malcolm. Oh, we were Stop. all afraid of this after seeing some the photos. minute we saw those production photos yeah, and his hand was like this i went and he's taking pills willingly yeah. god damn you're it. like are you serious <laughs> he's like willingly drugging himself for her to take him what the hell Malcolm? and the minute danny is back in that storage unit and is wondering where bright is what do we hear the we're the same thing mm-hmm. yep. the minute bright's gone and she knows like oh man what's going on after that, we have Gil talking to Jess, and I really liked that Gil admits at thirty-two, thirteen. In my weaker moments, I wanted him dead too. And then yeah. he pauses yeah. and finishes for you. For you. Yep. Sure, Gil. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I I love moments where like our characters are truthful. Yes. And, like that's normal. If you're even if in a platonic sense, um, for Gil, he's watched Malcolm go through this stuff, Ainsley go through this stuff, Jess go through this stuff. It's easier for Martin to be dead. That's how this family moves on and gets on with their lives. Um, and so even then, you know, he's like, it would have been easier. It would have made it a lot better. Um, and I do think maybe we have some foreshadowing at the end for that as well, because I have mm-hmm. some theories about yeah. the finale and what's mm-hmm. gonna go down. Yeah. TBD, TBD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also just like how both Gil and Danny are like openly truthful with Jess and Malcolm and like sort of saying like it's okay like you can feel these things like it's just nice to have both of them as like outside people who are like he's he's messed up it's Mm -hmm. okay to feel whatever you're feeling Mm because I think that they despite all this therapy and you know all the stuff that they've been through they're still just so wrapped up in Martin being Martin I enjoyed the fact that Ainsley gets a little confession for us out of Danny a little bit. Um, so Danny's pissed, of course. She's like, my brother's in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> shocker, it's bright. We know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's mad that, and a little bit her it, of her is mad, not only because he went rogue again, but also like, we were supposed to come back and talk about the kiss. Yeah. And you yeah. just freaking flew. Mm-hmm. So she's taking that as like, oh, way to run from the situation after we just yeah. manhandled each other in a yes. freaking unit. Like, okay, that's <laughs> fine. Um, they did. Come on, that was not chased. That was yeah. like, no, 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 that was, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was not just a first kiss. That was like a throw you against the wall kiss. Yeah, there were feelings. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <you're> legit feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm a song person. It, it pops up in my head. And so Ainsley says, okay, well, if he means anything to you, I need you to help me. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the, the call out. She's like, well, damn it. <laughs> she yep. kind of has to at that mm-hmm. point. Well, okay. And then also Ainsley, for better or for worse, kind of helps prove 
Capcha. Capcha. Yep. And a little bit of Danny's probably like, son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> we told him this whole time he was wrong. It wasn't him. We're never yeah. going to live this down. Mm-hmm. At 35.50, I'm going to try to contain myself, but I'm going to say at least this much. Um, Malcolm Bright and that head to toe black strapped to a bed is the things my dreams are made of. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, I thought of you. Like, first of all, there's something about, like, literally, this is how trained we are by both our wardrobe and this show. Malcolm Bright, still in a full suit, shirt, and pants, is almost nude because there's no vest or blazer. Mm -hmm. Did they roll up his sleeves? My God, wrist. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it's like ankle in a pilgrim village like yes oh my goodness so legit just to see like oh man a couple buttons are undone like holy crap like chest hair oh wow I'm... <laughs> so i was like okay and then i'm a wumper you know i love my wump so anytime he's like strapped down and we might have a little you know physical torture angst stuff i'm like okay let's do it yeah i wrote um, wump central for this whole scene yeah. and i yes, could not yes, help indeed. but think of how happy you were watching it <laughs> dude i literally just sat there like i probably was just <laughs> like this is the best day ever um i love that we have the return of my boy it's it's you know it's making a comeback my girl was kind of uh owning the streets for a minute but my boy's pulling a sharks and jets and it's yep. making a comeback mm-hmm Probably the most poignant quote, maybe in the entire series, in my opinion. At least this season, but honestly, I feel like the entire series. Vivian says, don't you share the popular opinion about Martin Whitley? And Malcolm says, of course I do. He's a psychopath, and unrepentant murderer. And she says, why are you here then? And he says, because he also happens to be my father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. that is the show in yep. four lines of dialogue. Yeah. Yes. And he finally admits it because up until then, it's been the show. I am not my father. I am not my father. Um, You know, he's the surgeon. He's Dr. Whitley. He's not my dad and Martin, which he is now. Um, And so we're finally, it's almost like Malcolm has just not dealt with any of this trauma, despite all the therapy, despite any of it. And now we're finally dealing with it. Yep. Strapped to a bed, about to have an embolism. Oh my God. Uh, Yep. Yeah, and that, so, that I mean, actually... I, it's, no. <laughs> Sorry, Angie. No, <laughs> that... it's fine. <laughs> She's just in dreamland over there. Um, it's amazing. He, he says that, and it makes Martin smile. <sighs> and it pans in right on Martin's face, and he just has this, like, <laughs> grin that comes across <laughs> his face, like, oh, he said that? I was like... <laughs> No, like we are literally we get like a good four to five seconds of 10 year old Malcolm and and Martin good dad Martin you know what dad, I mean like yeah, it's dad, there it's like oh hmm. and Vivian sees it she calls it out that's what I want well then yeah. you're not going to get that from Martin his kids barely get any percentage of that you sure as heck aren't getting any mm-hmm. of it so good luck yeah. to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so correct me if I'm wrong because I am not the most healthcare, you know, professional. That is an empty syringe. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is this is like an air embolism, right? So yes. we're pushing the air into. Okay, that's what. Yes. I Good I job. I, I didn't want to sound that. I was like, oh man, Caroline's gonna be like, not nah, idiot. Like clearly she did this. <laughs> but I at least knew from you know things I've heard and read. Like okay, this and she started to twist it. I was like, there's no syringe on the end. And then I was like, oh. And I actually knew for once in my life, I was like, oh, embolism. Oh no, this is not good. 
<laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk about embolism. <laughs> yeah. No, this is so uh, long story short, this is why whenever you inject anything into somebody, you, you know, flick the syringe to try and get like air bubbles and stuff out because <laughs> you don't want that getting in there. Um, shout out to the first time that I ever saw this in a horror movie. If anyone's seen the remake of The Omen um, with what's her face? She was in Dexter. I forget her name. Popular actress. She was in 10 Things I Hate About You. Julia Stiles? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Julie, yeah. Julia Stiles was in this remake and you see the, it was a whole thing. That was the first time that I saw <laughs> what it did. Um, yeah, you don't want air in there. Um, <laughs> period, because it basically can act like a regular blood clot. And once it gets into your lungs, um, it can, basically mess with your heart pumping and just kind of mess things up and so does anybody know in terms of tom's performance is that pretty dead on on how someone would react if that was happening i don't have any experience i mean it looked good to me but is that really <laughs> yeah so I, I mean it's tom of course it looked good but yeah i i looked it up and there were yeah there's a lot of like uncertainty as to like how much it, it depends on first how much air is involved mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of things but most of the time it looked like it wasn't like immediate as immediate as it was in this show it would probably right. happen soon considering that that was at least from what it looked like it looked like right. that was a lot of air yeah like that was that, like a good half of like a thick syringe yes yeah. exactly so you know without being able to measure it like it would obviously kick in quickly i would say within the same day um mm -hmm. but i don't think it would be that immediate however she also did like inject it straight into him instead of like in the omen the woman injects it through an iv and you literally watch it like that yeah just wait which is yeah mm -hmm. so god this is really like sometimes i know that movies and tv shows kind of have to go for like the overacted response to things because it's drama mm -hmm. right and yes like w what if it's like oh okay when embolism makes you fall asleep like that's not it's exciting like you need to like <clears throat> like you, you yes. need those like oh my god tension moments and so i was just curious like is that really how it goes down or is it just like a quiet good night like what you know what happens to somebody when that happens it, it was like the same thing that happened with the the botox thing Okay. in that episode okay. yeah it was like it, it's gonna happen fast but not that fast <laughs> I just think. just like finding fingerprints and dna evidence doesn't come back to them that fast in the yeah TV it's like <laughs> we don't have time for the real time yeah, that's we, involved we gotta, in this we stuff we can't, fake some of this we can't wait four here. weeks so yeah, yeah, it let's give it, it some like four minutes yeah literally um, so I love, and again, because I love like wumpy drama moments, I adore the moment that happens. It's a split second when Dr. Capshaw says, you know, when was the last time you mitigated an embolism? And then just Martin's for a split mm -hmm. second, oh God. And Malcolm turns and he's like, oh God. And like, yeah. just mm -hmm. the reaction is part, like that emotion is what I like about Wump. And so they're like, oh no. Mm -hmm. face was just like oh yay <laughs> i know i'm horrible i don't even care like oh my god this is intense and that's what like my brain is like intensity i love intensity yeah no and my brain was like i see this so many times not people with an air embolism but people who have a yeah. pulmonary embolism and yeah. so i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. like this can yeah mess i'm sure you up. i would feel different if i was dealing with this on a daily basis yes, exactly. for real lives yeah i feel mm -hmm. you yeah mm -hmm. i i had a martin malcolm reaction whereas you were like <laughs> <laughs> i'm going yeah. you're like no yeah 
Yeah. And um, like, as Martin points out, like they don't have the, the equipment and stuff to do that. Um, I love that we get like the surgeon comes out a couple times in this episode. Like he has mm-hmm. been very subdued for whatever reason, whether that's mm-hmm. by choice, whether that's, you know, maybe, you know, I got laid, so I'm in a better mood these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that like there are a couple times when he's laying in bed he does the rawr yell and then he does the threatening to her like i will bring hell i will you know i will let you live i won't kill you you'll live mm-hmm. in misery blah 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 and i'm like there's the surgeon there he Hi, honey, missed you <laughs> and again Catherine zeta with the tears as she's having like normal conversation and stuff like i mean it's amazing yep amazing along with the sounds that tom made as malcolm that made me very happy because i like one sound <laughs> <laughs> This, I mean, scene... this, this is another episode that was just very intense kind of from beginning to end there wasn't oh, yeah. any kind of scenes that were just like boring yeah, let's yeah. you know like their stuff was hitting the fan empty scenes. pretty generally yeah there was no respite period yeah, true I, oh nice vocab word high five <laughs> <laughs> yeah this scene between the two of them was like was i don't know just like absolutely incredible and the just intensity i mean there was intensity through the entire episode obviously but uh every and season i enjoyed the I black mean, every color scheme for this yes yes like when she originally is doing stuff to martin she's still in the blue cotton dress she's being mm. all lifeless and adorable yeah. and at this point now we have martin in like the, the or at least dark pants i don't know if they're exactly mm. black but they're very dark you have malcolm in full black you mm. have her in full black leather boot like i mean there's like a darkness death omen kind of oh, yeah. feel yep. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the color scheme of the wardrobe like I mean that's the kind of thing that wardrobe can do like it can just give you a complete feel subconsciously for an entire scene or something like that yeah, yeah. it sort of like represents the seriousness of the whole situation Absolutely. like this is not Malcolm you know falling out of a window and onto a car anymore like this is like he could die yeah yeah I mean honestly like every like he codes like things mm-hmm. have occurred yeah um now again he's protected a little bit by plot armor so um which if you don't know that plot armor is a term for like you know that this person is safe like they're so central to the story that they can't die so not anyone ever in a game of thrones book yeah this Uh, is not jesus from the walking dead anymore yeah (laughs) okay we're moving on Uh, (laughs) um 38 31 we have the phone call, the 911 call that just tells you everything you need to know about Capshaw. She goes from straight faced to he's gonna kill me to just straight faced again as mm-hmm. soon as she's off the phone. Like homegirl is full on in it. Like this, she is not even playing. Yeah, this Amy Dunn motherfucker. Sorry. <laughs> It's cool. I've dropped the bomb like 12 times. We're just going off on this We're either getting the explicit E or she's going to have to bleep us every single time. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she's creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is, um, we've seen this before. We've seen Martin himself do this, uh, at the end of season one, he's, he goes from being strangled in his cell to gouging out a guy's eyes to hi i'm martin JT. <gasps> oh you're JT. Like, just that total JT. flip that we just yeah, like, like we were just like our jaws were on the floor and we were like did he really just do, do that yep yep yes. 
Which is why I love all the more that as Martin goes to save Malcolm, he's like, there's something seriously wrong with that woman. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> I've been saying Pot, that for a few kettle, kettle, Yes. Pot. Exactly. Duh. There's a, a lot of lines in this, um, and I have missed some of them going going through the episode, but there's a lot of lines that parallel Capshaw to Martin. I mean, she yeah. says it a million times that like, especially in this episode, that like we're the same kind of person, like we do the same thing, and she wants him to see how similar they are. And then um we we get this uh this flip with the 911 call and yeah. like i just said we've seen I mean, they're, martin they're do a that, match so. made in the seventh circle yeah. of hell yeah. yeah like yeah definitely a lot like them then satan like mm. that's that's how that's gonna go <laughs> <laughs> like satan officiated that shit like that's how, that's yes. how big it is mm-hmm. at um at 39 40 we have malcolm and the whole you saved my life which I oh, could don't talk get me about started on this one. I could talk about this oh, for an entire episode. God, I do have something to say with this one too. Um, okay, well, you go first then. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I wrote it in Discord or whatnot, but I went all the full stop. First of all, Capshaw wanted to be the one to get that gratification from reviving him after putting him to the brink of death, but because of needing to go figure out what the hell was happening outside, that left space for Martin to now get that gratification of reviving Malcolm. And his You Saved My Life, Britt picked up on it. I don't know if anybody else did when I said it in Discord, and I went, cue the song monsters from all time low because if anyone has heard me say anything about that or watched the video that Britt made for it it is a perfect description of their very toxic relationship and he keeps running back to him and I went here we go here we go we were we had multiple things that Danny said of like you can you can get away from him you can be free and nope you saved my life and I was like well forget that he he's gonna follow him like a puppy dog here's the other thing though like it's not even just like daddy whatever like he's genuinely like shocked yeah like so even the whole relationship and going back to papa bear thing aside to me the shock on his face kind of blew my mind i'm like of course he did (laughs) like if nothing else martin needs malcolm to manipulate Mm -hmm. and i really do think there's like a tiny percentage that like that's his kid yep probably. i really do like just just like conversely malcolm has that feeling about like i i think martin is of the only i get to kill you mentality when it comes oh, yeah. to people like that <laughs> you know it, it's like when when like i can fight my brother but you don't get to fight my brother or i'll fight yeah. you it's like that mm-hmm. kind of thing yes um and i just like he's like oh my god you saved my life it's like well yeah of all the people in this room of course that's you know he would obviously do that and I just wrote, Malcolm, you don't owe this man anything because yep. we all know that's exactly where his brain is going. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he saved my life. Now I owe you. It's like, no, you do not dumb, dumb. owe him a damn thing yep. other than cups or an electric chair. That's mm-hmm. what you owe him. Yep. Firing squad, hanging, guillotine, <laughs> something. Yep. My God. Let Danny finally blow his head off, like she's she's. Going oh my to. god! Like, she's just said multiple times. If that wouldn't kill Brightwell for eternity, I would say let's do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Um, 
so right after that at 4007 capshaw you know full-on stabs herself in front of everybody because that's a normal thing people do yep calmly Again, Amy Dunn. Oh my, but not calmly. That scream. Oh, oh, the scream after. The scream after. That sounds like that was actually her. I know sometimes they have like voice doubles for things and not just singing, like because they don't want to demolish, you know, Christian Borrell's pipes or something like that. But that sounds similar to how her voice cracked and screamed when she begged Martin not to go in the infirmary. Yeah. So I think there's a chance that was her actually doing that. And that was. Like at the horror movie awards, that's best scream mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it was... Caroline, thoughts on the scream? Thoughts yeah, on no, yeah, I, I am so happy that people on Twitter that uh, that was great. Our, our girl Mary, I forget her name, uh, her like at name, but she was like, "Hey, what do you think of that scream?" And I was like, "I'm so glad that everybody thinks of me now when someone clears their throat or yep. coughs too much that's or right. screams." This is making my power stronger. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Here we go. Yeah. Now that's, that's just. That's cool. I'm the music cues, and you're the you're the uh, speech stuff. Like, I'm, I'm the vocal abuse. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that was. You could tell that that was genuine. You could hear her. I could hear her vocal folds <laughs> with that. That was like. I hope that she relaxed after that one. <laughs> yeah there are ways to safely scream i mean there are singers singers practice it a lot know how to do that yeah otherwise lincoln park would have had one song on an album and then they would have never felt you know recorded a song ever again yeah Yeah. i mean there's screamo metal people with 20-year careers and stuff yeah i have you can watch uh screamo emo like people's vocal for folds moving i've seen it it's really cool oh, actually what yeah. they're able to do yeah. it's a science like mm-hmm. they have it down to a science yeah. to save exactly. their voice yeah yep. it's, it's amazing called... it's kind of awesome you can it's do it you voice... just got to do it the right way yeah exactly it's called voice therapy she's over there like i need a cold rag y'all i need a cold rag <laughs> <laughs> um so then we have you know, Capshaw has sold Danny and Ainsley. Oh my God, he tried to kill me. Uh, which I was hoping Ainsley would be like, "B, I, you're singing my song. I, I know for sure what you are, who you are. I got you on notice right now. And maybe she will later. I don't know. We'll talk about yeah. the preview stuff in a minute. Um, but we have Malcolm tells Martin to run. Yep. Mm. Which honestly, given how he was also, I'm not shocked. Like, I'm not shocked given how the whole season and the previous season has gone. Like, he can't be the one or the reason why he gets taken in. Like, it needs to be, if you get caught of your own accord, that's fine. Yeah. But you have to go. You have Mm -hmm. to get out of here. And I adore, adore the Bob Marley they play at this, in this final scene. Um, Mm -hmm. The song is Sun is Shining, and it happens to be the super duper remix, which makes me laugh so hard to say. (laughs) That is literally the professional name of the song yeah i thought i saw that come up on the screen because yes. i have the it's um for real. The subtitles it's on thing. it i was like did that sound I, I think it's said- it. <laughs> um and so it is the song um sun is shining which if you know marley at all you know a lot of it is very kind of upbeat happy like sun is shining life's living blah 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 and it's a very cool way to montage like danny looking for them and where are they and then the escape essentially at the end um, according to the podcast we mentioned earlier, also the original screener music cue for this was um, Streets of No Name by U2. Mm-hmm. 
So I am interested, like Tom even brings up, he goes, oh, you might have to change that. You might have to go back and re-record that question because we switched it. And they're like, oh, really? And they're like kind of talking about it. And he said, don't worry though, this one's better. Like he was really excited about the song at the end. He really liked it, which made me happy. Um, so yeah, like to have such a devastating and dark kind of episode, we end on like this kind of reggae remix of like, life's good, man, you know? Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, there's Martin driving away with his like, ha ha ha, like evil <laughs> laugh. <laughs> and as I predicted, pan to the rest of the boat, there sits Malcolm. Now I mm-hmm. predicted Malcolm was going to be in that boat willingly. I missed that part. I missed the parlay yeah, bit of that. Um, but yeah, so he has been brought there not of his own accord. Like Malcolm had kind of passed out a little bit. Like he just tells him to run and then he falls back and he's trying to like rest. And so for all he knew, he was going to wake up in that bed or wherever and, you know, ambulance, a hospital somewhere. And so he, he did not go by choice. And so that's an interesting and I think important thing so far mm-hmm. for us to consider. And now we have some preview stuff to dissect. So, um, I am not going to go play by play for this whole thing, just for a couple reasons, honestly. Like I'm, I'm both disgusted, terrified, and humored by the fact that they apparently died or CG died Martin's hair. Yeah. I am not okay with it. It is creepy AF. Oh boy. And here's the thing. Here's the best part of this. And I God, I hope Malcolm brings it up. Him dyeing that hair and that beard of like two shades off shade of blonde mm. isn't fooling anyone looking for the description. No one's going to see him and be like, oh shit, it's not a salt and pepper beard. And then they just keep walking. Uh. Like, it's Martin freaking Whitley. I don't care if it's purple, it's Martin Whitley. Like, so that made me chuckle. And I really hope Malcolm just goes, oh my God. Like, he just brings it up completely. I mean, doesn't he, like, you look at his face and he's like, what the hell did you do? Like, that's... Like, like, you know, he's going to wake up in this chair to Martin and be like, what the hell? (laughs) That's, it's not going to be, I'm tied to a chair. You took me. I had an embolism. Am I okay? Like, it's going to be your hair. My God. Mm -hmm. It's like, Martin, the clear all from 1998 is not the same as what they have now. Like, you gotta, you gotta... (laughs) Like he got just for men for beard or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, so the rest of the, we have both the Canadian promo and the the regular, well, the regular, the American, let's not pretend like Americans are regular, Mm -hmm. Um, the other promo. Um, And it it really just, it kind of looks like there's going to be some kind of, are they bonding? Are they not? Is Malcolm there willingly? Is he not? Like, and again, that's the, is he his son? Is he not his son? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the teeter-totter scales we've been on, you know, for two seasons now. Um, given the news that we deliberately ignored until this point in the show, because we wanted to bring the show normally, as I think we did a good job. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, yeah. Like, nobody we, broke we down that episode. Well, we got it. Like, we no. All right. So um, let's not start. <laughs> yeah. Um, so given that news, I'm interested in, in whether or not Martin survives this finale based on some things that, that happen. It looks like there's a standoff between him and Malcolm. Mm-hmm. The Instagram account is writing, I was wrong with Malcolm's face off behind it. So here's, here's my theory. My theory is that um, from, the, from the Canadian preview, we hear Martin say, 
like you brought him back out of me, meaning the surgeon, I'm guessing, is the conversation he says to Malcolm. And then he also says, I was a good father. You were a bad son. Mm-hmm. Like, and, what a way to destroy And then him. we see that there, yes, I know. And then we see that there's some type of confrontation, commotion going on between them and things. So I'm really concerned as whether or not Martin is going to survive it. I don't know. We also have to consider the fact that Michael is a very in-demand actor. He has a new child that's less than two years old. Mm -hmm. He's flying back and forth from England to New York. I'm intrigued. I have no proof. This is all speculation, of course. Um, So I'm intrigued. And if he does die, I'm really intrigued as to by who. Mm -hmm. I think the full circle route, and especially if god forbid this is you know the last episode we're gonna see would be for malcolm to do it i think that's full circle both from the we're the same standpoint because now malcolm's a killer because technically he's not Mm -hmm. at this point um i think that's also that's just a whole full circle route i could see gil being that i wanted him dead too if they walk up on the two of them in a confrontation the minute gil gets a shot for him he's saving malcolm's life no matter what because that's his kid um some people joke like oh danny's gonna take him out finally but i really hope that's not the case because that kills any chance of brightwell in my opinion i don't think malcolm can be with the person that kills his father Mm. even if he's totally in agreement not mad Mm -hmm. whatever i think that just kills a long-term relationship possibility there yeah so i don't know i mean all speculation who knows really who knows what's going on um yeah i know that we have to push we have to kind of keep the whole campaign going the same prodigal something and let's uh hardcore bug the bejesus out of hbo max yeah and you know honestly straight up unfollow all of fox yeah i mean i'm just i'm at that point now like i i I had to unfollow them because i was so sick of seeing their backhanded bullshit posts about like so tone deaf oh Mm -hmm. who's your favorite ship or oh man mental health awareness like yeah i can't it's like sit down your your time is no longer here so be gone like, yeah, like honestly, and especially considering they weren't exactly just rolling the red carpets worth of promo out to begin with. Yeah. This whole, they have done more promotion yeah. and more comments about this show since Monday when they canceled the damn thing than they have the whole second season. And mm-hmm. I like, I have to be a professional. Yeah. I'm a teacher. I'm also a professional on a podcast about the show. Like I have to, but I really, every single time they say something, I just want to throw a bag of middle fingers in their face and be like, don't, you don't get to talk about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. You killed it. You shut it down Mm -hmm. with no faith after you changed the time slot and put them up against FBI and this is us. And when your viewers, the 8 million Tuesday night viewers are on NBC watching this is us. That's where they are. Like that. And they used us to win so they could switch. Well, that, we gave the resident ratings while we're sitting there waiting for Prodigal Son to turn on. Yep. But they also took us from Monday night on season for season one and put us on Tuesday so that they could put their two 911 shows back to back. That made a void right there on Monday that they were guaranteed to have viewers for people yeah. who didn't realize that they got moved to Tuesday for Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm. And Lone Star like, has not done the numbers that it should. Now it's yep. still the connected one. So they're going to get renewed. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it has not blown the numbers in that slot out of the water by no. any, even though their mm-hmm. lead in is their sister show. Yeah. Just saying is all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to hate on those other shows. Like for people that are like, I watch both. Like, listen, I'm not, whatever. I'm not mad. I'm not hating. But I, 
we already get screwed because Fox has 10 o'clock news. So we lose an hour every single night of primetime, mm-hmm. which if they did 11 o'clock news, Prodigal Son would have been picked up immediately. Yeah. It absolutely would. So that pisses me off. Um, but I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I, we could all go on for days and hours yeah. and years about it. Um, but here's what we do. So we, we are left with the final week. We will find out sometime after that final week, after contracts are up and everyone can kind of start speak their mind a little bit. And we'll see if, if someone else is going to pick it up. I think, I think we have a decent shot. If all the actors yeah. are indeed coming back, or if they at least have an idea about if Michael were to leave, what's the pitch? Because, you know, they had to have had a season three pitch ready. We know that. Um, as long as Tom is on board, it can be done. It absolutely can yeah. be done. He's, he's the main person that like, okay, if he decides no thank you, then that's it. Shut down. We're over. Yeah. And not to say that anyone else is lesser by any means, but he is the entire spinal cord of this show. You yeah, cannot do it without he's him. He's number it one on the call sheet. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. I, uh, but I mean, like Walking Dead, what's his face was number one on the call sheet too. And he walked off and they kept going. Like this yeah. show cannot run that way. No. Andrew Lincoln sorry um yeah. so yeah like this I, I was like I know it it'll come to me in a <laughs> um but like this show cannot run that way like it's just not possible um the amount of scenes he's in they would have like two yeah. minutes of footage if Malcolm That's wasn't true. in an episode um so I we just have to keep pushing we have to keep the mm-hmm. numbers up we have to show HBO and other streaming services that look like the army's out there there's people here We've yep. got podcasts yep. already. You don't have to make your own podcast. You can just hire us as the official HBO podcast. Hi. No, Hi. Do it. I would mm-hmm. gladly quit my job and talk about Prodigal I'm Son looking for, for a, a new living. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking for a new job, so. You know, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you just, I mean, the bet, we just have to keep the faith and we have to keep the numbers up and it's going to be really easy in the in-between sometimes when there's a lull and there's not an episode like on the weekends so, and other stuff, Yeah. but you really kind of have to just push. Even if you're retweeting, we know that those retweets count. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have new stuff to say, great. Just go through the timeline and retweet, retweet, retweet everything you can see for like 10, yep. 15 minutes. Everybody is on their phone for like a good 10 minutes out of an hour, unless you're yeah. at a special <laughs> event, at least. So just every now and then just get on there, retweet it, get the voice out, you know, um, yeah. and, and let's just, let's hope. I mean, I, I think we have a decent shot. If all of our actors are coming back, I think we have a very decent, a very different, decent shot for that to happen. Yeah. Just continue to kind of, you know, spam the crap out of places like HBO and stuff and show, look like we're here. We're not going away. Yeah. yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. appease the masses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, don't just, don't just say things like do things. Like if you say yeah, that you're being action. truthful, like prove it to me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just yeah, I agree. Be, be genuine. <laughs> yes. In, in, in general, but especially for this too. Yes. Yeah. I do want to say I am definitely proud of uh, of the fandom because when this news broke on Monday, we had about eight to 12 hours of pure rage and hellfire. We were all a part of it. I had a tweet that I, I will admit, I had a tweet that I tagged Fox in and I swore and I was angry and we spent, you know, we 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 are going through the stages of grief uh, mm-hmm. with this whole this whole thing. And but I am really proud of the fandom because we, you know, like I said, had a short period of time where we were raging on Twitter and tagging Fox and things and screaming at them angry. And then it shifted into, okay, how proactive. can we be proactive yes. and stop screaming at Fox and stop yeah. making ourselves look bad. And instead of demanding and beating a dead horse because they're done with the show, apparently. That's the thing, there's no fixing that. Where, yeah, there's mm-hmm. no fixing that. It's done. And Fox does this over and over and over with, with shows that people get hooked on. The so. best thing you can do is yeah. don't turn on Fox. Yeah. That's yeah. the best thing you can yeah. do. 
Unsubscribe if you have anything. Unlike any of their social media, the best thing you can do is not to snark off. And I did it too. I said a couple mm-hmm. things too. Yeah, we, yeah, Don't we give them did. nasty gifts because you know what those are? Those are comments on their social media. Yeah, it's just another number. Them. Yeah, it all helps their analytics. So the best thing to do is wipe them off your map. That's Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do. Yeah. Yep. And trade it over. (laughs) Yeah. Trade it over for HBO Max. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just proud that we were able to, you know, in a short time that we pivoted from, you know, rage and grief to, uh, you know. And there hasn't been as much of just like the, you know, dirty comments and this and that. Like we're still, anytime somebody posts something about Prodigal Son, they're like, shut up. But other than that. Yeah. the expletives and the inappropriateness has kind of has kicked down and I get it like we were yeah. all pissed that's no judgment mm-hmm. there I get that yeah um, you're allowed to throw a, te- a temper tantrum for five minutes or whatever you're allowed to cry and let it all out and then you need to come back and be decent productive. yeah and we do yeah, so we productive. have a plan we have lots of different accounts and different people out there working the streets and kind of guiding us and all you have to yeah. do is follow and yes. do what they do and mm-hmm. you know send the tweets out please remember because so many people forget this and then i'll hush and we'll turn it off <laughs> two hashtags no that's more. it mm-hmm. that's it some people are doing like 19 in a row like two anything over yeah. two is spam and it doesn't yeah. get counted two if you want to at people and tag them great but only two hashtags or you just slip away and it doesn't count so make yeah, sure yeah. that you're doing that um and you know, honestly, right now we just kind of have to sit back and do that every day until we figure out what's going on. And at least yeah. like, like they said, it's, it's something proactive to do. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll see what happens. So hopefully, yeah. um, next week is not going to be the last episode of prodigal son CSA. Hopefully we'll, we'll have some more stuff to do. Cause we've got ideas. We've we got, got ideas. Stuff. We do have ideas. So that's the goal. The goal is for us to be bugging the piss out of you for about 28 episodes next season. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on that note, um, we will definitely see you for sure next week. So we'll see you guys later. Okay, bye. Bye.